Amen. Come on, give them a good hand. So again, we're going to be having sign-ups right outside uh, of the service outside. So if you're interested in having your car out there or just volunteering, you can go ahead and do that. Amen? Amen. We are continuing a series called Discerning of Spirits, correct? And so what we want to continue is teaching on the spirit of rebellion. Amen? So let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I pray, Father God, that you will move, God, upon your people, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father God, God, as I speak, that it will be you speaking. I pray right now, even now, God, that you will begin, God, to prepare the hearts of your people, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. We're going to start off there. And as I was putting this message together, I began to think of a story of a little boy. And as he was going to school, his mom was taking him to school. He kept on getting up and sitting back down and getting up and sitting back down. And his mom told him, Billy, I need you to sit down or we're going to get into an accident. And you're going to fly right through the windshield. But the boy wouldn't listen. How many of you ever had or seen kids like that? So he kept on getting up and sitting back down. And eventually his mom forced him down. It's to sit there and don't move. And Billy answered, I'm sitting here, but in my heart, I'm standing up. And how many know sometimes we're like that, right? Where our leaders speak to us, and they say, hey, you need to stop doing that, and we don't stop doing it. And sometimes God even forces us to do certain things, but sometimes in our hearts, we're still standing up. So today I want to be talking about the spirit of rebellion, and we're going to be talking a little bit about King Saul. And verse 23, it says this, it says, for rebellion is like the sin of divination or witchcraft. Everybody say witchcraft. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Say idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Some powerful words, right? Some powerful words from a powerful man. You see, Samuel was a very powerful man of God. The Bible says that every single time Samuel spoke, God would not allow his words to hit the floor. That's authority. That's a man that when he spoke, everything came to pass. And here is the same man confronting the king of Israel. And he's saying this, rebellion is the sin of divination. Now I began to think about this and I began to wonder why is rebellion like witchcraft? I began to think this and I began to understand that Saul was a leader. And so when he began to lead the children of Israel, the first thing that happened to him was God began to touch him because this is how it happened. Israel began to ask for a king. A lot of people say Saul was the first king. In reality, Saul was not the first king. God was. God was the first king of Israel. But see, when Israel, they began to see other tribes and other nations, they say, we want to be just like them when they didn't even realize how unique they were because they had God as their king. And guess what? 
They began to ask and continue to ask. And guess what God did? He actually gave them what they wanted. He told Samuel, give them what they want. They want a man to lead them, give them what they want. And so here is King Saul. He comes into the scene. And God chooses King Saul. Samuel anoints King Saul. And what happens is, if you begin to read the story, it actually looks like it's going to work out right. Because the presence of God and God touches King Saul. And the Bible says that King Saul's heart was changed. But somewhere down the line, something happened to King Saul. Somewhere down the line, his mind shifted, his heart shifted. And if you continue to read the story, the Bible says that Samuel told King Saul, hey, I want you to go over there and wait for me seven days so we can make a sacrifice. And so here's King Saul waiting for Samuel, and Samuel doesn't show up when Saul wanted him to show up. And what happens is that King, the King Saul, he began to get impatient. And he says, you know what? I'm going to make the sacrifices. I'm going to do what Samuel is supposed to do. Because what happens? If you read the story, the people began to murmur and complain. They began to get impatient. And that forced him to feel like he had to do something about it. Never go ahead of, uh, go ahead of God. That's what King Saul did. So he made the sacrifices. And he began to do something that he wasn't qualified to do. And Samuel, when he actually got there, he looked at Saul and he tells him, what have you done? What have you done? You have done a foolish thing. That was the first time Saul disobeyed. The second time was when Samuel began to get a word from the Lord and he began to tell Saul, listen, I, the Lord wants to get rid of the Amalekites. These were very evil. They were evil tribes. And, and Samuel was basically telling King Saul, listen, God wants to get rid of them and everything that they own. Animals, houses, children, get rid of them. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and so here it is, Samuel is telling King Saul this, and he says, listen, I'm going to obey the Lord. And he goes, and he begins to kill everybody, but he keeps the king of the Amalekites alive. And he keeps the livestock alive. Because he claims this, he says, I'm going to sacrifice the livestock to the Lord. And then the minute... The minute Saul disobeys, look at the powerful words that God says, I regret that I made King, king Saul a king over Israel. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine God speaking to somebody and say, I regret calling you into this position. You see, when it comes down to rebellion, you can study it. God has a lot of grace, but when it comes to rebellion, his grace is very short on rebellion. Very short. Study it. You look at different stories. He'll give them one day, two days. He'll give them a little span of time to repent. But if they don't, God deals with it. Amen? And so when we're discerning spirits, we have to know this. 
The first thing that we have to understand when discerning spirits is, is it God? If God is doing it, we have to submit. The second thing that we have to understand when discerning spirits, we have to understand if it's not God, is it the flesh? Because how many know not everything is a spirit? Some people just need discipline. Some people just need to be corrected and let them know, hey, bro, you ain't supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to act like that. That's discipleship. But if it's Satan, the third thing, we have to rebuke it. We can't allow a spirit in our house. We can't disciple a spirit. You can't discipline a spirit. You have to actually rebuke a spirit. And some of you might be uh, thinking, man, uh, well, I'm, a, I'm a little afraid of that. You know, the reason why sometimes we're afraid of this stuff is because we don't understand our authority in Christ. God has given us authority over spirits and things that try to attack us. And we should rise up whenever we see the enemy coming in. We should not fall back. Why? Because we have authority. Can somebody say Amen. And so I, I came up with an acronym called REBEL, and I want to give you the characteristics of a rebel. Because how many know if you were acting rebellious, you want to know that, yes. right? Yes. And so I'm going to be going in and out out of the life of Saul so that we could understand exactly what a rebellious spirit looks like. And so the first thing is the letter R, and a rebellious person resists godly authority. They resist Godly authority. Saul, when he disobeyed Samuel, in reality, he was disobeying God himself. He was disobeying God himself. We see this, number one, when he made sacrifices when he wasn't supposed to. The Bible says that to violate this is a sin against God's holiness. It's a direct sin against God's holiness. And when we are resisting God's authority, we are doing a foolish thing. We are doing a foolish thing. Now, I know some of you guys are quiet right now. And I hope it's because you're keeping inventory of your life. Because guess what? We all have the ability to rebel. We all have. It doesn't matter how great your spiritual life is. It doesn't matter how great you're in the word of God. We all have the ability to rebel against God. But thank God that we have the spirit of God living within us that convicts us of this sin. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, that will never be me, you better got to be careful about that. You better watch yourself. Amen? Because we all have the ability to resist godly authority. The second thing is a person that has the characteristics of a, rebel, of a rebel is they're egotistical. They're proud. They can't be corrected. And I know that's nobody in here. Right? We all submit. We all flow, right? Follow, listen, obey without whining. Right? But these are for the people that are egotistical. As you can see in Paul's life, he says this in 1 Samuel chapter 15, 21. This is what he says after he supposedly were, was obedient to what Samuel did or told him to do. He says, the soldiers took the sheep and cattle from the plunder 
the best of what was devoted to God, watch what he says, in order to sacrifice them to your God. He never said, in order to sacrifice them to my God. He was telling Samuel, listen, I did all this because I was going to sacrifice these animals to your God. Sooner or later, a rebel will slip up. They could cover it. They could hide it. But sooner or later, that rebellious attitude and pride will begin to seep out. And you begin to see it because you can easily read through this and not even notice that he said, your God. Is God really your God or are you doing this because some of the leaders are telling you to do it? Are you doing it because you have a genuine relationship with God? Because let me tell you, when you have a genuine relationship with God, it's real easy to be obedient. It's real easy to be submissive. Why? Because you're not submitting to a man or a woman. You are submitting to your heavenly father. Is it challenging? Yes, it is. But when you begin to have the right perspective, when you begin to understand this is God telling me this, this is where God has put me in, then we should submit. Amen? Watch this. Samuel says this in verse 22, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings? Does he delight in sacrifices as much as he delights in obeying the Lord? He says this, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. What is Samuel saying? He says, listen, when you disobey, you can't make that up with your works. When we disobey and we position ourselves in disobedience, sometimes we try to overwork ourselves to make it up. Right? But this is what God's saying. Do you think your sacrifice is better than your obedience? Do you think heeding me is less than your works? No, he's saying, listen, we have to obey because obeying is better than sacrifice. Can somebody say amen? amen. Look at this, another, another sign of an egotistical person. Verse 30 says this. This is Saul after Samuel confronted him. And it almost seems like Saul is repenting. Well, watch this. He says, I have sinned, but. I have sinned, but honor me before the elders and the people. If I was Samuel, I'd be like, bro, what are you, what? <laughs> he says, honor me. He's telling the most famous prophet of his time, listen, I know I messed up, but honor me before the people. And whenever you see a person with a rebellious spirit, they have that. They want to be recognized and honored. And they seem like they repent, but they really don't. They're just doing it to appease the leader. In their hearts, they're like that little boy. I'm still standing up. After rebuke, they might say, yeah, I received that. But in their hearts, they're still standing up. Amen? Next one is the letter B, which means break faith. Another thing that you'll understand about rebellious people is that they're not loyal. They're not loyal to the vision of the house. 
they have a hidden agenda. They, they're not loyal and to the point where not only are they disloyal, but they begin, they begin to gather other people to be disloyal. I'll say that again. Not only are they disloyal, but they begin to gather other people so that they could be disloyal to the vision of the house. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't disagree. You can disagree, but there is a way to disagree with honor. There's a way to disagree with submission. That even though it doesn't go our way, we still submit to the authority of the house. And if we don't, then we are being disloyal. Can somebody say amen? amen. This is very subtle, isn't it? It happens very easily. Right? Who else was like this? Well, if you look at the, the fall of Satan, Satan influenced a third of God's angels to rebel against him. This is in heaven. This is not even on earth. Prior, you know, God is the greatest leader of all time, right? And he still has somebody being able to influence people away from him. Because that's what a rebellious spirit will do. Another person is in the story of Moses and Korah, where he influenced 250 men to come against them. And you know what began to happen to those 250 men? The Bible says that the ground opened up and swallowed all 250 men. And so we got to be careful with the spirit of rebellion, rebellion. The next one is the letter E, means enslaved. When you're dealing with a person with a spirit of rebellion, this person is in bondage. This person is in bondage. This person is not a person that is actually free. And many times the reason why they're in bondage is because they've probably gotten hurt before. They've probably gotten hurt from a leader or a church leader. And so because they've gotten hurt, they begin to hold that against every leader that comes their way. Amen? Rebels with a spirit of rebellion are enslaved and they need deliverance. Watch this, verse, chapter 16, verse 4 in 1 Samuel. It says, now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. What happens to a person that is functioning in the spirit is no longer do you begin to see the fruits of the spirit in this person's life. Because how many know you can fake this? You can fake like you're loving. You can fake like you're humble. You can fake like you're kind. But sooner or later, the real fruits will begin to show. The Bible says this, that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And when it departed from Saul, the Bible says that a tormenting spirit began to hit his life. A tormenting spirit. How does this manifest? Sometimes this manifests with habitual habits that you can't stop. Because how many of you know when you're trying to stop something and you can't, that's tormenting. Sometimes when you're believing God for open doors, they don't open. How many know that could be tormenting? And what happens when we walk in a spirit of rebellion, and I mean walk, living in it, where you're not repenting, 
God will shut doors on you. Not because he dislikes you, not because he hates you, it's because he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get my attention. And when we are living in a spirit of rebellion, rebellious, a rebellious spirit, sooner or later we will allow this to enslave us. And the only way to get free is through deliverance. And how do we get deliverance? Well, if you look at the story, David comes in, an anointed worshiper, and he begins to worship in the presence of Saul. And every single time David worshiped, that spirit began to lift. Every single time David worshiped, that rebellious spirit that was tormenting Saul would begin to flee. But when David left, it came back. What does this mean to us? What's the principle? We have to live a lifestyle of worship. We have to live a lifestyle of worship. You can't pray one day a week and expect to be free. You can't read the Bible every once in a while and expect to live according to the word of God. It's impossible. It's impossible to do that. And so a person that is bound by a rebellious spirit is a person that have allowed that to happen on a continuous basis. Your lifestyle opens the door to the spirit. And so the next one, and the last one is, the letter L is, is for leave. The reason why I chose leave is because rebellious people will eventually leave. They really will. And if they're not dealt with, they will leave with people. But if they are dealt with, and when I say they, I don't mean the person. I mean the spirit behind the person. Because, I mean, you know, we got to love the person. And we got to go after the spirit. We got to love the person. And we, go, we have to go after the spirit. But if when we deal with that, the Bible says that God will directly deal with that spirit. And that person and that spirit will eventually leave or that spirit will leave the house. Can somebody say amen? amen? What's some examples of this? Well, let's look at Lucifer, right? When I read this, sometimes I think it's so funny, right? When, when you start uh, reading the text and Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Can you imagine how hard God had to push him for him to fall like lightning? I mean, think about this, right? He's in heaven. He thinks he's running the show. And then, boof, he ends up in earth. But it kind of gives you a picture of how God deals with rebellion. It's very quick. It happens very fast. Right? And then you see the life of Saul. And I'm coming to a close. We see the life of Saul, which to me, if you really look at it, it's pretty sad. We see the life of Saul, and because of his disobedience and rebellion... God says, I'm going to snatch the kingdom away from you. And I love what Samuel said before he said that. He says, when you were small in your own eyes, did not God make you king over Israel? When you were small in your own eyes, did not God elevate you? And he says, now because you have disobeyed God, 
God is going to snatch the kingdom away from you and give it to another that's a man after my own heart. It's a very, it's a very powerful thing. Because Samuel says this, if you would have obeyed, God would have he would have established you as a king. Your ministry would have been established. Your business would have been established. Your family would have been established if you would have obeyed. But because you have disobeyed, God snatched the kingdom away from him. And sometimes, sometimes we think, Man, the devil's attacking me. This is why none of this stuff is happening. Or this church is not in, in the realm of God. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's us missing God. Sometimes it's us not doing what God has called us to do or told us to do. And because of that, he's snatching things away. And what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Is there, are we hopeless when God snatches? No, there, there's always hope in Christ. Because what begins to happen, right, is number one, if we begin to start worshiping, that will begin to bring the spirit that brings liberty inside of our lives. And if we begin to repent, that means to turn away from the way we are living. God, he says, I will be faithful to forgive. What does that mean? He will be faithful to restore everything that we have lost because of our bad decision. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now, I know this is a hard word. I know this is a word that is not easy to swallow. But listen, this is such a necessary word. Because if you look at every demonic spirit... Every demonic spirit, in my opinion, is always has some sort of the spirit of rebellion. When you think of the spirit of pride, it's rebellion against humility. When you think of the spirit of perversion, it's rebelling against holiness. When you think of deceitfulness, it's rebelling against truth. Every spirit in the kingdom of darkness is influenced by a spirit of rebellion. But God has given us authority over it. Can somebody say amen? I love that horn. Let's all stand this morning. I believe God has this series in place is because I believe that he is calling some of us back. Some of us have been probably living in rebellion and we don't even know. It's like, you know, the Bible says, man, the presence of God was here when Jacob was, was in that place. He said it was in a good place. He says, I was in a good place and I didn't even realize that the presence of God was here. I didn't even realize what I was doing. I didn't realize that I was connecting, disconnecting myself from God because of the decisions I was making. Sometimes we could take this grace things a little bit too far. If you look at the, the grace message right in the word of God, 
It doesn't lower the standard. It raises the standard. Jesus says, listen, if you just look at a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's higher than the law. That doesn't lower the standard. God raises the standard. Jesus raises the standard of holiness. And why does he do that? Because he understands that you're going to be able to do it because my presence is going to be inside of you. He says, you're going to be able to walk in this power and in this holiness because you're not going to do it in your own strength. You're going to do it in my power. Amen. So we have to, sometimes when we're living like this, we have to get away from, man, if I just do this, God will forgive me for this disobedience. Man, if I just work harder and Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pray longer or fast longer or read the Bible longer or whatever. It'll make up for my disobedience. It doesn't work that way. He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And so God, I believe, is calling us to a level of obedience. And he's turning us back to a heart where... We desire to be obedient. We desire to be obedient. Listen, does this mean you're going to be perfect? You're never going to be perfect. Does this mean you're going to fall short and probably rebel? Yes, you will. I've done it. The key thing is this. When we do, we got to be like David. And we got to fall before God. And say, God, change my heart. To you and you alone have I sinned. And I repent. And sometimes when you repent before God, you have to go to the person or the leader and say, I repent before you. Because I should have never spoken to you like that. And I should have never did or went against what you said. Because at the end of the day, God is in control. God really is in control. Come on, everybody, just lift up your hands and just begin to worship Jesus. This is a bittersweet word, but if you allow this word to penetrate your life, it could literally change the course of your life. It could literally change the course of your life. Some of you are struggling with stuff, and it's not because God is angry. God is not angry. The reason why this word came forth is because he's trying to love on you. He's trying to restore you. He's trying to say, come back to the place where you were. Come on, lift up your hands and just begin to worship the Lord right now. The presence of God is in this place. Some of you are going to begin to have a paradigm shift right now. You're going to have a different mentality. God is going to begin to give you revelation right now of every area that needs to be adjusted in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just worship him, worship him, worship him. Hallelujah. Come on, just stay in his presence right now. Hallelujah, God. We give you glory, God. We give you honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I worship you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. Hallelujah. 
receive Jesus Christ inside of your life I just want to tell you the truth you've never received Christ inside of your life and you're not living for him you are already living a rebellious life your lifestyle is already contrary to God because you don't have Jesus inside of your life if that's you and a count of three, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift up your hands. And we're going to pray for you. And then after that, I'm going to make another altar call for the message. But in a count of three, if that's you, I want you to lift up your hands. We're going to pray for you. One, two, three. Lift up your hands. Praise God. You're not alone. If you're afraid of what people are going to say, you're not alone. There's people lifting up their hands. Next thing I want to talk about is if this message touched your heart, maybe you're saying, man, I don't want to ever, ever fall into that place where I'm rebelling against God and I don't even know it. I become numb to it. I'm not even convicted no more. Maybe that's you. You're like, man, I'm not even convicted no more, but I want to return back. This is your moment to revive again. This is your moment for you to begin to feel the passion of fulfilling God's plan for your life. Chains could break today. Deliverance could happen today. Destiny could be fulfilled starting today. If that's you, and if you raise up your hand to give your life to Christ, I want you to come up here. We want to pray for you as they sing worship. Our altars are open. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we give you glory. God, we give you glory. And the cross, and the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. With your love and breath. Oh, there's more. And my sin there's more. God wants to bring you to that place where you're walking I right with him.
Here 
God is moving right now. For those that raise up your hand to give your life to Jesus, I want the whole church. The Lord, the presence of God is moving right now. Whoever lift up their hands to give their lives to Jesus, I just want you to repeat this prayer as a church so that they're not alone. Repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, my destiny will change because you died on the cross for me. And because I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior today, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Hey, listen, if you're new here, there's going to be an office right outside that door right there. It's called the VIP room. If you said that prayer, please go inside of that room. We're going to have some pastors there to greet you, love on you. Also, because the presence of God is moving here, if you want prayer after we dismiss, we're going to have the worship playing for a little bit. Uh, and you want to be prayed for, just come up here. We'll pray for you. Otherwise, just be a little reverent while people are being prayed for. Again, VIP room is there. If you're new or you said that prayer, we're going to meet you there. Amen? Amen. Is there any other announcements? Praise God. Amen. How many were blessed by that word today? Amen. Sundays like this where the presence of God moves in such a way, it's, it's hard to leave. Amen. But that just should encourage us and move in us. And anticipation for more, for next week, for Tuesday, for Sunday. And it's our hope that that hunger and that desire is in you. Amen? So this Tuesday, we're back here. We're praying. We're having our Bible studies. And something new, something different, but it's been powerful. And we're talking about the Word of God. And we're continuing these same subjects that we're talking on Sunday. So come. Come and join us. Let that hunger and the desire for God and the Word of God and to get closer to God continue to burn in you. We're here on Tuesdays. And then my desire is that so we can see you again here on Sunday as we continue this series and God continues to talk to our lives, opening our eyes, opening our hearts, opening our minds to be able to discern these spirits. God's calling you turn to a higher level. 
and pastor, bishop, have been sharing these words over our lives and over the church. Where God's going to be continue to elevate us. So church, I encourage you to come next Sunday. Come with, an, with a hunger and anticipation to receive something more. Amen? This, also this Saturday, we're going to be going out in Project Feed Love. So if you could join us here at 1 o'clock, amen, we're going to be going out and sharing over on Mannheim. Amen? amen? So let's close our eyes. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, God, because, man, God, you love us so much that you speak to us to the very heart of what we need. Father God, we received this word. And as Pastor Richard said, it's not, a, it's not an easy pill to swallow because it causes us to take inventory over our lives. But Father God, as we said, Lord, Lord we, we come undone in your presence and we surrender to you. So Father God, my prayer today, Lord God, is that we walk out of here empowered and encouraged knowing that you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all.